0: Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now let's get into today's reading.
1: Okay, here we go. Acts chapter 26. Paul is in prison and uh, there was a Roman ruler named Felix who first had Paul and was putting him on trial. Then a couple of years afterward, he was succeeded by Festus. And Festus is now uh, wanting King Agrippa to hear Paul's case. And Paul had already appealed to Caesar because uh, Festus was going to send Paul back to Jerusalem. And Paul knew they wanted to kill him in Jerusalem. So he appealed to Caesar and Festus says, you appeal to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. But he's asking King Agrippa of uh, Festus, is, he's saying, if you'll listen to his case, I need to know what to write to Caesar. You don't want to write a dumb letter to the emperor of the Roman Empire. So he said, if you could help me understand, well, King Agrippa knows some things about the Jewish faith. And so let's watch what happens here. Paul is just coming before King Agrippa, and it says in verse 1 of chapter 26, Then Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak uh, for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. And here's what he said. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews, especially, listen to this, especially because you are expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Paul knew that King Agrippa was very well versed in the Jewish faith and belief. He said, so you're an expert. He said, therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem. All the Jews know. They knew me from the first uh, if they were willing to testify. In other words, they may not be honest about it, but they knew who I was because I was raised in the Jewish faith. So he said, if they were willing to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. What did he just say? Being a Pharisee is the strictest sect of the Jewish religion. So he was among the most committed of the Jews. He was a Pharisee. Verse 6, he goes on to say, And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise, our 12 tribes, earnestly serving God night and day, hope to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? And of course, he's talking about Jesus being raised from the dead, the Son of God. He goes on to say, Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints. I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and being exceedingly enraged against them. I persecuted them even to foreign cities. And we know that's true because he was on his way to Damascus to arrest believers in Jesus when the Lord confronted him. Verse 12, he goes on to say, while thus occupied, in other words, while I was in this occupation, being paid to do this, to arrest Christians and such. He said, while thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, we're talking about in the middle of the day when it's bright, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun. Can you imagine in the middle of the day when the sun's bright, that you see a light that's so much brighter than the sun? He said, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, everybody fell down. He said, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Jesus speaks Hebrew. Now on earth, he would typically speak Aramaic. But he said, I heard a voice speak to me in the Hebrew language. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. What are the goads? What people that are trying to move animals would use to poke them. It would be a sharp pointy object and it would it would hurt. It would, you know, prick the flesh. And and the Lord Jesus is saying Saul, which who became Paul. You are kicking against the goads. In other words, this is going to hurt you worse than you're hurting anybody else. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now, what's interesting is Saul wasn't persecuting Jesus directly, but he was persecuting the brethren, the body of Christ. But Jesus took, he takes that personally. You know, if you, if you poke me in the side, I'm not going to say, hey, why did you poke that side? I'm going to say, why did you poke me? Because my body is part of me. Why did you kick me? You kicked my leg. Well, you kicked me. See? And that's the way Jesus thinks about the body of Christ. If you kick the body of Christ, if you hurt the body of Christ, you hurt him. And so he said, why are you persecuting me? And then... He said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and stand on your feet for I have appeared to you for this purpose to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will reveal, I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. In other words, you're going to have Jewish people coming against you and you're going to have Gentiles coming against you but I will deliver you from both. Verse 18, to open their eyes. This is what I want you to do. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles then uh, that they should repent, turn to God and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God to this day, I stand witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things, than those which the prophets and Moses said would come. In other words, I'm not saying anything different than the Bible. The only Bible they had at that point was what we now call the Old Testament. Moses, that's the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the Pentateuch, as we might call it, Genesis through Deuteronomy, and then he said the prophets. But he's really including the history books like Nehemiah and Ezra and Esther and such. And he's also, of course, including the, the poetic books, the Psalms. And so, but he just generalizes it. And he says, I'm not saying anything different than Moses said or the prophets, uh, what we call the Old Testament, but it's the Bible. So, therefore, having obtained help from God to this day, I stand witnessing both the small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ, that word Christ means Messiah that the Messiah would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead. Well, did the prophets say he would suffer? You better believe it. Uh, Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed. Well, did Moses say he would suffer? Absolutely. In the law of Moses, Passover lamb. What do you do? You kill the lamb and the blood covers you "...from being destroyed." See, so all of this was signaling that the Messiah was going to suffer, both Moses and the prophets. That the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead, and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now as he thus... Listen to this. Now as he thus made his defense, Festus... You remember Festus invited King Agrippa to hear this... But Festus, he's probably nervous thinking King Agrippa probably thinks this guy is insane. So Festus feels like he has to say something. So watch this. Uh, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. But Paul said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king before whom I also speak freely knows these things. Ooh, Paul's confident that Festus may think I'm crazy, but King Agrippa, he knows these things. He knows about the prophecies about the Messiah. And so, for the king before whom I also speak freely, knows these things, for I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention, since this thing was not done in a corner. This whole crucifixion of this Jesus, this prophet, and such, and even the news that spread that he was raised from the dead. uh, This uh, Some people would call it a conspiracy theory. But he said, I know King Agrippa has heard about this. Verse 27, and then Paul said this, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I mean, just right up in his face, asking him straight out, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Oh, isn't that powerful? Here's the king. He's listening to this. He's got Festus here. Of course, he's got his wife. He has Festus, this other uh, Roman leader. And there are other people there. And King Agrippa, he's being stirred in his heart. And he said, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. He said, I wish that I would to God that you would become like me, with the exception, of course, of me being in you know arrested and in prison. When he had said these things, the king stood up. The king stood up. Reminds me of Felix in an earlier chapter where he was afraid when Paul was talking to him because the fear of God was coming on the conviction was coming. And when the king stood up, no doubt he was feeling this same conviction. So when Paul had said these things, the king stood up, as well as the governor, that's Festus, and Bernice, the king's wife, and those who sat with them. And when they had gone aside, they talked among themselves, saying... This man is doing nothing deserving of death or chains. Then Agrippa, the king, said to Festus, This man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. So in other words, if he hadn't appealed to Caesar, of course he had to because they were going to send him to Jerusalem where people wanted to kill him. So he had to appeal to Caesar. At least he felt like he did. But King Agrippa said if he hadn't appealed to Caesar, we could just let the guy go. The guy hasn't done anything deserving of death. But once you appeal to Caesar and they rule, well, then you're going to Caesar, it has been declared. So that is the process now. And so now they're just looking to write a letter to Caesar. Well, anyway, as with these chapters here toward the end of the book of Acts, we're in a whole flow of a story. That's the end of chapter 26. You're going to have to come back tomorrow for chapter 27 to hear the rest of that story. But isn't this good You almost persuade me to be a Christian. Who knows that he didn't go back and actually receive the Lord? We don't know. Maybe when people weren't around. And we pray that he did. We pray that he did. But how would you like to be in prison and on trial? And you're still giving your testimony. You're still trying to convince even those who are judging you. Pagans, godless people judging you. And here you are trying to win them to the Lord. See what kind of a man this is? (laughs) He was not out just to get free. He was not pushing to get free. He's pressing to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to every human being he comes in contact with. Oh, may we be like that and not be so self-aware, but be people-aware and God-aware. Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Of course, John three sixteen and 2 Peter 3, 9. So uh, I love this man and I aspire to be more like this, more like Jesus and more like these kinds of apostles who laid their lives down for the gospel to get to other people. All right. I'll see you tomorrow for chapter 27.